Blessings and welcome to this session of NCA podcast. My name is John Galvan. I serve as vice president of assessments for the National Catholic Educational Association. I'm very pleased to have as my guest today, the newest member of the NCA team, Dr. Julie Vogel. And in a reversal of roles here, Julie's gonna be asking me questions about NCA's new, newest launch of NCEA Rise. Julie, welcome. Thank you, John. I'm so excited to be here today and I'm really happy to be working with NCEA as their newest member. And uh, so I do have a few questions on this new launch because it's new to me as well. So there's a few questions I might have and I'm hoping everyone in the audience today who's listening um, will get some of the same kind of questions answered today as well. So looking forward to our conversation. Wonderful. And for our listeners, many of you know Dr. Vogel from her work as a superintendent, most recently with Renaissance Learning. Uh, at the higher ed level, she has literally trained thousands of teachers. Many of you were perhaps her students at one time. Um, Julie, maybe before we get started, just a little bit more about you. Oh, sure. So John is correct. I have trained thousands of teachers. Hopefully you're all still happy in your career and you're still in the classroom teaching. That would be a good thing from my perspective. Um, so, and many of you would have been in the state of Arizona. So I was a professor at Arizona State University and their director of many of their teacher training programs and also the associate dean at Grand Canyon University. So been around the block a little bit, trained a few teachers um, in all kinds of different settings and absolutely think that teachers are the key people for our kids and the key definers of success for our children. So um, I think very highly of that particular crowd. Most recently, I've been working with Renaissance Learning. Um, I really like working with Renaissance. They're a mission-driven company that really does care about ensuring that every single child is literate in reading and math, which are the key differentiators for our kids. So I have enjoyed that work as well, but am thrilled beyond belief to be back in the Catholic world and back amongst um, Catholic friends and working with all the different aspects that make learning worthwhile and in particular, our faith. So happy to be back where I can freely express myself again. That's a great segue, Julie, because that's what we're going to be talking about is, is our faith. And what NCE Rise offers is how do we measure that and what do we do with those measures? So I'm going to let you fire away. You are large and in charge. And uh, what do you want to know about NCE Rise? Well, you know, I guess one of my biggest questions, and I think you can answer this for me, is I, of, I often used to get as a superintendent, well, you can't, you can't evaluate your faith. You can't put a number on it. You can't do anything about it. It's a totally personal journey. And I'm not sure I really have ever agreed with that commentary. So tell me, does the RISE launch and the launch of this new RISE campaign and what we're doing, does that help answer that question for people? Does it give them some idea about what we can and cannot measure or can we? Absolutely. You know, just for our listeners, just for the record, I spent nearly 15 years as a Catholic high school religious studies chair and we used to administer the acre and we did a lot with the data that we had. And that's a question I would sometimes get from parents uh, when their kid got a C in, in my senior religion class, how can you measure faith? Well, there are standards. It's called the Catechism of the Catholic Church. There are basic tenets of what we want our kids and our adults to know, right? Because the, as the Second Vatican Council professed, 
you know, the deposit of faith is one thing, but its transmission is something else entirely. And we have a responsibility to ensure that the transmission of faith is done without error, that it's not diluted. Now, the NCA Rise platform, most of you are familiar with the IFG for adults and the ACRE for youth. That remains really the foundation of our assessment platform. Both are aligned with the Catechism of the Catholic Church and the tasks of catechesis. Uh, our ACRE recently event, uh, underwent a revision due to the six tasks of catechesis were rolled up into five. So that affected our reporting categories. Missionary spirit was subsumed into those other tasks. But the way that the ACRE and the IFG is broken down, it's, it's two parts. The first part assesses the cognitive domain. What do our kids and our adults with the IFG, what do they know about the faith, right? From the neck up. Part two answers the affective question. What do they actually think, perceive, believe, and practice with regard to the faith? And that, that second part of the ACRE and IFG, I think is critical for assessing how are our kids doing. I've got a daughter, a sixth grade daughter in Catholic school right now, and anybody that's worked in schools knows that junior high is a, a really critical time where these kids are, are finding their way, right? And it's never an easy road. It's a bumpy road. So we have to meet them where they're at. How are they doing? Because if we can't get the conditions of learning correct in healthy, vital communities, we're not going to get anything done by way of evangelization. And the third assessment in NCA RISE that we just added, we're very delighted to partner with Springtide Research Institute and the work of Dr. Josh Packard. Our belonging index for students, teachers, and for families assesses the degree that those members feel that they are noticed, named, and known within the community. Because if we can get that right, we can get everything else right. So I've got another question for you about that. I'm familiar with um, IFG for adults. We used to we used that in um, the archdiocese that I worked in um, to help us plan and better meet the needs of the adults in our community to enhance their faith formation. So it was a critical test for us to say, hey, where's everybody at? Is you know, are there any areas where we're all in the same boat or we're all lacking and we can you know get better at something um, in regard to our faith? So that I've always appreciated. And the same thing with the acre. But this belongingness piece is really intriguing to me. Um, and so notice, named, and known, correct? Those were the that's, three things that you talked that's about. That's right. Notice, named, and Known. And does this have a relationship then to what we hear a lot about with this term disaffiliation? Do you think this belongingness piece could help us with disaffiliation? And if, if so, how? Absolutely. Because, you know, you know, I don't have to exhaust all the research it's, that's been done over the last couple of decades on religious disaffiliation. You know, the seminal study Going, Going, Gone, which was a joint project with St. Mary's um, and Cara out of Georgetown, they identified through the research, the median age for disaffiliation is 13 years old. Now, I worked a long time 13? teaching religion, 13. Now, Julie, that doesn't happen in a vacuum, right? That's something that happens over time. Mm -hmm. So really what disaffiliation, what it really is getting at is people feel disconnected, right? Uh, the, the work of Springtide suggests that, you know, most of our young people don't feel like they have a trusted adult they can talk to. So that disconnection leads to disaffiliation. I think, you know, also and equally compelling, it certainly has the attention of our bishops. The most recent Pew Research study suggested that 
between 1972 and 2020, the number, the percentage of Christians in the United States fell from 90% to 64%. Now, if that trend continues, it's projected by the year 2070, Christians will constitute less than half of the U.S. population. That's a crisis in my mind, right? People are disengaging. But if we can help build up our communities, right, with all the values that Catholic schools do so well, those kids will feel like, and the adults for that matter, the belonging index measures teachers and staff and also families, a family's connection to the school. If a family feels connected to the school, they're more likely to participate and contribute long after their kids graduate. Um, And also their kids will stay within the faith because there is that communal connection and there's strategies to get that right. Okay. Yeah. I really missed something. And I think it's a key point to make. This isn't just an index or this, this, this new, this new rise isn't just for schools. It's also for our faith communities, our parishes. Is that correct? Because I think you mentioned that, yes, everyone in our community could, that could be fairly powerful not only for a school and a community, but the entire parish. So if everybody's participating in RISE within a parish, then you'd have a really greater understanding of how that community felt. And then you could make some really some changes based on that data, right? So my question then is, is the data user-friendly? Is it going to be easy for parish communities and school communities to use and be able to take action on? Or how, how does Absolutely. that work? Yeah, that's a great question, Julie. I want to be really clear in making a distinction. The belonging index is a school instrument. It's not intended for parishes. Now, Springtide Research Institute, their their specific demographic is the 13 to 25-year-olds. Unlike many researchers, you know, around disaffiliation, they're not tracking these kids, you know, out of their young adulthood into their 30s and 40s and all that. So that's something to to acknowledge. And given that window, um, demographic, you know, eighth grade through 12th grade would be the appropriate students to be measuring. But absolutely, the IFG and the ACRE, uh, it is my hope that parishes would want to adopt these assessments because, to your question, on the back end, there are recommendations of, you know, very easy strategies to implement. Something that's new for NCEA, this is true for both the IFG, the ACRE, and the Belonging Index. Historically, schools and parishes have received a very large PDF report of how your students and adults performed. Uh, We just launched a new online data dashboard. Uh, I was an art major as an undergrad. I like visualized data, right? I don't want a big PDF report. Those of you that love the PDF report, you'll still get that, but you'll also get an online data dashboard with colorful graphs, very easy to digest and at a glance be able to interpret how you are doing, which is a wonderful, wonderful advent to NCEA. Oh, okay, that's a a bonus beyond compare because I'm like you, I love to see things visually. I can read the reports like everybody else, we can all do that, but be able to see it in, in a clear graph or a clear chart, it just makes a huge difference. And I think it helps everyone kind of get on board faster and um, move forward together. So I'm super excited about the online dashboard piece of it. Um, I have used it before it had a dashboard. So I am excited to see um, what that looks like in real time. So, and I haven't seen it yet, but I will soon, right? Just got here, so I can't do everything all at once. Um, I do have um, another question. 
Um, what do they do? So what does a school do? Let's say a whole school community or whole diocese uses this belonging index, but I am a superintendent. How do I, or where do I get help? If I'm having trouble interpreting the data, how do I get support? Is there any, are there any resources that we offer at NCEA to help diocese or schools make this happen for them? Sure. Well, first of all, the, the bringing on of my position, I've been at this, I'm, I'm the, besides you, I'm the newest member of the team starting four months ago. Uh, the VP of assessments is a new position and NCEA, I think in their wisdom, uh, had the, had the right idea to put a point person in charge of this. So I've already been scheduling consultations and trainings with dioceses, with individual schools. And the, the vision is that on the back end of these assessments, if if schools or dioceses want consultation, a walkthrough of what to do with the data, I'm here to assist. Something else that's new on the website, and we do invite our listeners to take a look at our revised website at www.ncearise.org, uh, the resources tab. So depending on how a school fares with their assessments and identifying those areas of growth, what can we do on the back end to fill those gaps? On the resource tab, there's a number of, of resources that are available. If you're taking the IFG for adults, on the reporting end, there are recommended courses for the adults to take. They're, they're very, very affordable, $5 a piece for the modules. And those hit those gaps in our adults learning because they need to know it first, right, before they can teach their kids. But the other, you know, the other part of your question, Julie, and you're, you're only inferring it, is what do you do with the data? And that's something that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm concerned about that schools get the report. Here's what, so what, but maybe not answering the now what question. And you and I both know no single assessment is a silver bullet, but you have to look at the entire data library that's at a school or, or diocese disposal. Um, and I can go through, you know, a ton of bullet points about what other data you might be looking at. Um, and that might be one of your questions for all I know. It could be. You could go ahead and answer that one. That would be really helpful. <laughs> well, okay. I'm going to keep going then, my friend. So you've got your results. Now, now, what do you do? I mean, really, I think it begins with wondering. When you're looking at your IFG, Acre, Belonging results, begin with wondering. I wonder why this. I wonder why that. I wonder if. And this is something you could do at a department level, at the high school. You could do it at a faculty level with, uh, with the entire staff. But you have to look at that in light of other data, data points, right? Um, what are how are students what are student achievement reports looking like in religion class? I mean, that's your your first place to look, right? School calendar showing prayer right. services. What about retreat overviews and student participant feedback? Looking at your curriculum guides, lesson plans, maps showing teaching and practice of all the rich and various forms of prayer in our Catholic tradition. Um, what about service learning programs and student feedback therein? Um, are we being intentional with religious studies department meeting agendas or faculty meeting agendas and taking minutes and having Catholic identity and mission driving much of that agenda? Um, classroom and liturgy observations, not just religion class, but you know, math class. What does Catholic math look like? Um, maybe we have, we, we comprise a list of students who are, are leading prayer services or serve at the parish, like you mentioned. 
ideally you want the parochial school to have a direct link to the entire parish community. Because at the end of the day, the school is one of the many respective ministries of the parish. And the last thing I would say here, Julie, and it's probably the most critical instrument in, a, in helping schools with their data are the NESBECs, the National Standards and Benchmarks for Effective Catholic Schools. If you're not familiar with the NESBECs, if you go to the NCA website, these national standards and benchmarks are driving much of the accreditation protocols across our country. They were developed over, over time at Loyola Chicago and Boston College. I had the privilege on a couple of summers going to Chicago and being a part of those working groups about 15 years ago. They come with very, uh, very defined rubrics of meeting the standard and the benchmark, exceeding, and so on. So together, I think that would be a great exercise for a faculty over the course of a year at your faculty meetings, tackle each of the four domains, Catholic identity and mission, operational vitality, uh, academic excellence, and governance and leadership. You know, I want to I want to circle back and just highlight a couple of things you said that I think really hit home for me. And I love your statement, begin with wondering. I don't know that we do that often enough. I think we stop when we see the data and we go, okay, great. And we move on and we just continue with what we've always done, hoping we're going to get a different result, even though we know we're not going to. And your statement, begin with wondering, means, well, why this? Why does that score look like that? What are we doing here? And then you said something else. So we're wondering all of these things. Why this? Why that? And then it leads us to, oh, well, there's other pieces that might help us get a complete picture. What's going in on my math classroom? What does Catholic math look like? Great question. Do we have an answer to that in our community? Um, tying it back to things at the parish. To, I mean, all these questions could evolve from what are we doing now? What do we need to do differently? What do we already have in place that we could enhance? And I think it's really cool if we just don't stop at looking at the data, but do this whole concept you have of begin with wondering. Begin sure. with and not, you know, and maybe that's not even begin. That's like keep going with. You have it, so keep going with wondering. And I really, really like that phrase, and I think people could really relate to that, and that could really help push these kinds of things forward too. Data is is just data unless you really start thinking about the why behind it. Otherwise, it's just a bunch of stuff. But when people really begin wondering why and trying to figure it out then I think it makes a huge difference. So um, I hope we keep pushing that because I think that's a hugely valuable statement. Um, I do agree with the Nesbecks. I'm a standards person. I like that kind of thing. It goes with my analytical side, but there's so much more to the Nesbecks than just analysis of um, different standards. And so I think the richness of our faith woven into each and every one of those, along with RISE, could be a huge step forward in evangelization for us. One more question, though. What, where do people go? What do they do if they want to get more information? How do they get in touch with you? How do they find out more about it? Are you doing any other webinars or podcasts or anything on a national level that people could join in on? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question, Julie. And we'll close with this. I invite our listeners to go to ncearise.org. There you can find through our FAQ page um, demos of our assessments um, everything you need, including my contact information, is in there, and I'd be happy to engage anybody in a consultation at the school level or the diocesan level. Uh, NCA Rise is promoting this through, I'm, I'm creating a lot of content right now, momentum articles, blogs, po uh, podcasts like this. 
And I will be hosting webinars uh, to go over all things NCA Rise in the near future. And so with that, Julie, I want to thank you for all that you are and all that you do. And, um, you know, our paths cross once upon a time as, as superintendents. And it's wonderful to be a part of the same team with you. And and to everybody listening, God bless you for all that you do, for all those you serve. Uh, you are never alone. NCA here is to is here to accompany you, to partner with you in this great ministry we share and we call Catholic Education. So thank you and blessings. All right, back at you, John. Thank you, everybody. 